Welcome to the Illinois Association of Park Districts Parkcast. I'm Wayne Utterback, Director of Communications and Digital Content, and I'm excited today to be joined by Greg Petrie, a legend in the park district industry. And I was hoping to just talk to you a little bit, Greg, about some of your experiences. How are you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm terrific. Uh, I'm just delighted to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm excited to talk to you because, I mean, you do have quite a bit of experience in the park district realm. Can you kind of just give our listeners a little bit of an idea of of, of where you've come from, what you've done, and we can kind of go from there? Sure, I'd uh, be happy to. Uh, I uh, worked uh, in parks and recreation since I'm 15 years old. Uh, I started in my hometown of East Brunswick, New Jersey, and uh it was at the summer camps and so forth. And I uh, eventually, uh, as I got towards college, I wanted to be a, a phys ed teacher and a track coach. And uh, I was at Manhattan College studying teacher preparation in New York City. And uh, I had some clarity when I did my student teaching. I was uh, uh, a great teacher. Uh, I had very little supervision. And uh, the uh, uh, guys that were uh, supposedly mentoring me uh, at the uh, New York City Public High School would come up to me uh, just about every morning and say, hey, Greg, we're going to be down, just for an example, we're going to be down at Van Cortland Park today washing and waxing our car. And if you have any problems, go see Wayne. He'll be in the teacher's lounge hanging out. Next day, hey, Greg, you know, Christmas is around the corner. We're going to be, you're okay here on your own. We're going to be uh, Christmas shopping, and uh, we'll be back at 2. If you have any problems, go see Sally, the art teacher. She's going to cover for us today. And I started to say to myself, I, this is not something I can do for the next 30 years of my life. And I had loved working in the park and rec department in East Brunswick, New Jersey. So I decided then to go on to Penn State to get my master's degree in parks and recreation. And then uh, what happened was I uh, was fortunate enough to get a one-year... Uh, internship at the Park District of Highland Park and uh, after that I uh, uh, got a job at the Mundelein Park District as an assistant director and I was there for two years and then I went on to uh, Park Ridge. I, I really fell in love with the parks end of things and I went to work for Bill Newman over at the uh, Park Ridge Park District uh, for five years and then I went on to become the superintendent of parks in Waukegan uh, for eight years and then ultimately the, uh, the director for 22 years. All right, and so I, and I recently retired uh, just two years ago in 2017. So you've been you've got quite a few different experiences and a few different areas. Yes. So what would you say you've kind of learned over those years? What would you say are some of maybe uh, the the characteristics that you see in a park district that would make it successful, or things that you think a park district needs to be successful? Uh, well, I, you know, I think that this is the greatest. Uh, industry and field anybody could go into. Uh, I, for me, I'm a round peg in a round hole. You know, I just click. It, it works with me. But uh, you know, I don't think there's a, and I know for a fact there's not another industry out there that impacts you know people, their families, our environment, um, our our economy. Uh, we just touch so many things in this world. We make it better for people. We help people develop and grow and families come together and uh, we provide opportunity you know the America the land of opportunity well our industry provides so many opportunities for people and uh, to get well to get better to live healthy lifestyles to uh, enjoy the outdoors to you know take on a career I mean it's just it just go I could go on and on and on about uh, 
how valuable our industry is to society. Now, what would you say are, uh, you know, some of your proudest accomplishments, things that you've done that, you know, you can kind of look back at and say, you know, I was a part of that or I spearheaded that or, you know, that was a passion project of mine? Well, I, you know, it's funny you say that because I've been, I said this during some interviews and I don't think people like what I have to say about this, but it's not the big projects that I did. For me, some of my most proudest accomplishments are some of the things that I've done for individuals, that, uh, people. Uh, for example, I had one individual who... Um, he was the Magic Johnson of our Parks Department. Great leader, smiley guy, people gravitated towards him. He was charismatic, couldn't get to work on time. And I said, you know, you got to get to work on time. And he was now getting married and, you know, and he's a kid that just turned, you know, fell in love with Park District work and turned his life around and, uh, you know, now his daughter's a big-time basketball player, and he owns a home, and he's he's doing really well for himself. And uh, I just there's just so many people that I've and I've never said I've worked for people or anyone's worked for me. I've always worked with people. I've loved working with people, and I can name there's 25 other Jimmy Cooks that I've helped mentor, and I, that's the thing that I really am most proud of that I've been able to help these people as individuals accomplish a lot in their lives if they were making progress and i had one guy it took him forever to get it he got it you know we celebrate he, you know he's got this now nobody could take that away from him uh you know so helping people like that to me was my greatest accomplishment now putting that aside yeah there were a lot of great projects along the way that's helped the community you know we built a um, so many neighborhood parks that helped revitalize uh particularly when i was in waukegan uh, that helped with the revitalization efforts, uh, working closely with the city. They really believed that the park district was a uh, a driver in the in the um, economic success and livability of of Waukegan. That the park district made Waukegan a great place to live, work, and play. And so we were always a big uh, player uh, in the the Renaissance effort. That's continuing today there. Uh, the park district's highly respected and regarded. And so therefore, we tagged, uh, tagged along with a lot of people and created a lot of partnerships uh, and cooperative projects to, uh, to do things that, um, uh, you know, benefited the uh, economic development of the city. And the, the hallmark projects at Waukegan were, uh, again, the, the neighborhood and community park redevelopments, but, uh, you know, working with, uh, particularly with Senator Link to develop the Veterans Plaza, uh, to develop the uh, outdoor uh, amphitheater bandshell down at the uh, the lakefront. Uh, we built a uh, an indoor um, uh, sports and fitness center and an outdoor uh, sports complex. Those two alone have a $15 million economic impact, and that's not by me measuring it's by the Lake County Visitors and Convention Bureau's numbers. So those things are, you know, probably the hallmark projects, the, the biggest ones uh, that I uh, that I did over the years. And uh, so it's been, it's been fun. Now, one of the fascinating things about Waukegan that I've learned about recently is about Jane Addams, right. a famous social worker, and, and how she became enamored with the area and kind of built a legacy for herself kind of in the, that area. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I've always said that's where urban urban parks and recreation got got its start, uh, you know, in the uh, the late 1800s uh, when uh, Jane Addams, uh, who was the famous social worker in, in the inner city of Chicago, um, befriended uh, uh, some uh, people that lived up in Waukegan, uh, Joseph Tillman uh, Bowen, and then uh, Mr. Buck, who was the former um, 
mayor of uh, the city of Chicago. They own some property up there, which is now Bowen Park. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, Jane Adams uh, created a, uh, uh, a summer encampment uh, to, uh, to bring children to. They would come up for, I think I believe it was about two weeks, and it costed them about a buck a week. Uh, she made sure that they had some skin in the game, and if they couldn't pay, it was okay. She brought them anyway. So she would take these kids, particularly like um, the Italian kids, the Mexican kids, the uh, African-American kids from that inner west, the west side of Chicago, that Taylor Street, the Western Avenue, that, that whole area, uh, she would put them on the train, they would get off of Waukegan, and they would have to walk about a mile and a half up Sheridan Road to the encampment, and they were there, and they would uh, um, be exposed to, her, her, her philosophy was to expose them to uh, lifetime, um, I guess you could say leisure pursuits or activities that uh, when they went back to their uh, inner city uh, dwellings and they had leisure time, they would think about doing something else besides, you know, getting in trouble and uh, horsing around. And uh, so they would be, uh, they would garden, they would swim, they would hike, they would uh, um, do all kinds of things. But I think one of the really the coolest things is that every night they would set the table and these kids would eat on china. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, it was a, 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 a prepared family-style meal by a cooking staff. And uh, she would teach them some etiquette and some manners, and um, I, it's just it's just fascinating what they did. And uh, to this day, there's a group called the Bowen Country Club Reunion, and they do get together. I don't I don't think they're getting together anymore. They stopped because they're all in their 90s and above now. But they used to get together frequently and share their stories. And uh, a lot of them attribute uh, that that movement and that um, that encampment to. Uh, their survival as a child. Uh, kids as young as six would go to this camp. So could you imagine at six years old, you probably don't have much of a family, but yet you're you're taken under the wing and you're brought up to Waukegan to this encampment and you're exposed to these things. And um, so it was. Uh, it's very interesting. And uh, again, uh, she just believed in the uh, the benefits of of being outdoors, socialization, being in the right environment and, and, and of nature and people. And nurturing people so they they could you know get out of the unfortunate environment maybe they were in and make something of themselves and a lot of these people were very very successful in their life. Now, how does a a, a park district utilize that kind of history, you know, to you know share the word about the work that they're doing? Well, that's great because I just made a little footnote in my mind. Uh, just as as Jane Adams had a fee and never turned anybody one down. Our philosophy at the Waukegan Park District is we never turned anyone down. Never, ever. If you couldn't pay, we we sucked it up and either subsidized it or we got some sponsorships. But, yeah, we we have never, ever turned anybody away uh, to participate in a park and rec program. If you were a kid that wanted to learn how to draw and couldn't afford a pad of paper and uh, some pencils to, to learn how to draw and sketch, we would probably run to the store and buy it for you and have somebody sit down and spend some time with you and hopefully send you out in the right direction. And what kind of impact do you think that has on, oh. on youth? Oh, I, it's tremendous. I could tell you thousands of stories of people who have provided testimonials to us how the uh, either either participating in park and recreation programs or working at the Waukegan Park District has instilled uh, just lifetime 
skills in, in them that uh, have, have carried on throughout their lifetime and, and with their children uh, also. And do you feel like that comes full circle then, you know, when they become adults? Do you think they see the value in park districts? And... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What are some of the things that you've seen change over the years? Oh, a lot, of, a lot of change, you know, particularly with the technology. Um, you know, there's a lot more uh, use of technology. It's good and bad. The kids are, you know, they've got their face in the phone and, you know, they're uh, le- less looking up at what's around them and appreciating. Uh, but, uh, you know, that there's good and bad with that. But uh, I think that, you know, f- I guess from an employee's viewpoint, let's start there, um, I think when I first came on in the uh, in, in the 80s, it, everything was kind of like policy driven. There was a lot of policies and procedures and things like that that were being developed and and necessary because of the the mandates and the laws that were being created to protect people and make things safe and and so forth. So I think we spent a lot of time developing those things. And now fast forward, now that those things are in place and we have things like you know, the IEPD, IPRA accreditation for agencies. You know, agencies are run very well. All these policies and procedures and practices, they're all in place. And we, you know, I think that a lot of us built a lot of those things, you know, along the way. Um, so the new generation of directors aren't going to have to focus so much, I don't think, on policy and procedure, but to actually deliver the services that are really, you know, impacting the people. So I think that's a, that's kind of a big shift. I think the, uh, you know, it's 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 more of a business than it than it's ever been. Um, but on the same token, I think that um, I think a lot of the the commissioners and the public nowadays they're not interested in the business end of it. They 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 know it. They recognize it's important, and the directors need to pay attention to it. But I think because again of the certifications, the standards that are in place, I think people will just want. And you know, particularly commissioners, dashboard, general information. Just tell me what's going on. If I want the details, I'll get it from you. I know the organization's running well. I want to spend time with my constituents, the people that I'm serving, and I think it's the same with the staff. You know, they they want to be out there. The the staff that I'm seeing that are coming on board, you know, really want to serve people and help people, and um, and it's nice that they don't have to spend. Uh, I mean, there are protocols and things that you have to do, but I I think that it's great that people are really focusing on. Uh, commissioners are focusing on. Constituents, uh, I know that they're supposed to focus on the big picture, strategic planning, and budgeting, and all those things. But they do, but they don't need to spend as much time on that as they used to in the in the past. The directors and the and the like I said, the uh, the accreditations and all the things are in place. The accounting standards, there are standards in place to make sure all those are done. That they can work with the constituents to um, propel what what we're doing. You know. Uh, for the public and uh, you know I think everybody feels I feel good about that some people don't but I think it's good anything in particular that you feel the community has been wanting more of over the years oh absolutely I think uh, health and wellness right now is the everybody is you know that much more health conscious uh, our, the, you know, the fitness center in Waukegan we have I, I want to say they're up to somewhere around 7,000 members now and that that's a lot of people i mean it just shows you what you know and that's and that's an economically disadvantaged community you know i I get a kick at when people come up to waukegan you know particularly from some of these really wealthy north shore communities and they say oh man how could you how could you build how could waukegan build something like this how could you not come on you got people in your community that can write a 15 million dollar check and not even blink an eye 
you know, the, the, the benefits of what you're providing for the community. And we just have always had a city council, state legislators, and a park board that believed in the, the park district as a, as a driver for community development. And uh, that just made my job and my, this, my staff just uh, uh, a, a great, you know, a great situation to be in where we just had to focus on making it the best park district to serve the people of Waukegan. And uh, there, was just a, there was a lot of support for the park district. And how important is that, having that you know, unification on all levels? I think it's extremely important. Um, I think that, uh, you know, park districts uh, constantly need to work on developing relations with uh, not only the, the people that they serve, but the people that govern us, um, you know, the constituents, the government, and the people we serve, you know, do go out of our way to, to give people what they want and also what they need. You know, and that's distinctly, you know, two, di- two different things. And, uh that's where I think where where you need to go sometimes. Now, is it difficult having to juggle all those different levels of of you know I guess you yeah, could say interested parties? You yeah, know, it's it's. I've always said I never had a job, I never had a career, I had a lifestyle. The bottom line is, you know, the people that are in parks and recreation are just it's a lifestyle. You're committed to it. You you don't you don't ask how much how long. You do it because it's just it's just the way we are and. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a great it's a great industry to uh, to see those the value that we provide to people. So it's really that unification that you're looking for, you know. Yeah. I mean, you always you won't always have people who yeah. agree on everything, but I guess having people who are right. passionate enough to understand when. Right. Like I've always said, you want to have constructive and productive conflict. Two thousand things can go wrong; only one thing can go right. You know, there's any project has a uh, has a plan, it has a budget, it has a timeline, and it's going to have problems. Nobody ever talks that. Yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to have problems, consternation, but you know, let the staff work it out with you. You know, just work with people. Don't work for people or against people. Just have the mindset. Yeah, it's not going to be the end of the world. We'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, like I've said, if it's all right to make a mistake, but just don't make the same mistake over and over because then that's a bad habit and you, you can't have bad habits. So. All right. <laughs> now, the last question is an easy one. It's very easy. What would you want your legacy to be in the world of park districts? What do you hope people remember your work by? For me, that I was a, a driver. I, I, I like to take action. I like to get things done. Um, I would hope that I've inspired people to um, embark on a career in our uh, our industry. I hope uh, I've left this world um, a little better than I found it. I think I have, and uh, yeah, it's been all. It's been a great ride. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you sitting down and talking with us, and I've learned a lot. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you so much, Greg. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs>